0: how Christmas changes people? Now, you might see it in short-term or short-time things, like, you know, people are really happy and cheerful on Christmas Day, extending good wishes to others, even giving out gifts. But when I say that Christmas changes people, I'm talking about it changing people in bigger, more permanent ways. Now, you might think back to the story that Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol. And how Ebenezer Scrooge was changed as as he reflected on the messages from those Christmas ghosts. But you know, that change was brought about out of fear and out of self-centeredness. There's a change that Christmas makes in people's lives, a change that you and I have experienced that comes about because of faith or by faith in seeing that Christ child and who he is. This month we've been hearing a number of messages all under the theme, it's the most wonderful time. And we meant the word wonderful in the sense the Bible speaks of the word wonderful. Miraculous. We looked at the various miraculous events that took place during this time we call Christmas. But finally there is one more event that we want to look at the miraculous, the wonderful change that took place in us so that we have a wonderful story to share about Christmas from the inside out. We're going to take a look at that gospel reading we just had a few minutes ago about Simeon and Anna. But before we do that, I'd like you to think for a minute just how special Christmas becomes to people. Now there are a lot of things that people do in common in celebrating Christmas, but that also have a a unique or personal touch to it. For example, just about everybody puts up a Christmas tree in their house. But there may be special, personal, unique things about the tree that is in each person's house. Maybe the time it goes up or comes down, the place where it goes, or more particular, the special ornaments, maybe, that get hung on it. Those things all have special messages to people because it reminds them of some experience that they recall, something that's dear to their heart. Well, the experience that that changes us, the experience of Christmas that changes us, is one that resides in our heart. It's about seeing that Christ child, knowing who he is, why he has come, and what he's done to me. Today we're going to look at the lives of Simeon and Anna, two people that Luke heard about and records in his gospel. Now, Luke was a doctor, and the interesting thing I find about the beginning of his gospel, it's focused on some key people and the things that they experienced with Christ and how it made a difference in their lives. He begins talking about Elizabeth and Zechariah, the the parents of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, and what effect that had on them. And then, of course, he talks about Mary and Joseph and the experience of of giving birth to the Son of God. He tells us about the shepherds and how their lives were changed after they heard the angel's message and, and saw the Christ child. And then immediately, Luke shows us two more people, two elderly people, Simeon and Anna. And, and like a doctor, he records for us their life experience and, and what it was about for them. It's like he's giving us a, a spiritual examination. So today, let's look at the doctor's records. Let's go and see what Christmas did inside for these people, and then see what it does for us. First, let's take a look at Simeon. Here are the details that Luke gives us about Simeon. There was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. Now already you see from that brief description that Simeon is a spiritual kind of guy. He was seen as being righteous. He was righteous all right, not just in the eyes of the people, but in the eyes of God. That word righteous meant that God saw that he believed in the promises of a Savior and credited to him the righteousness of Christ. Now, Simeon, by faith, lives out that righteousness, and that's how others see him then, as a righteous guy. In fact, they saw him as being devout, that is, very devoted to God. He would spend his days serving in the temple in various ways. And so we get a little snapshot of this man, Simeon, as as being a very spiritual guy, someone close to God. But there was more. We're also told he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The word consolation means the comfort, the restoration of Israel. In the Greek language, that word simply means bringing two people back together again. You see, Simeon realized that the sins of his people Israel had separated them from the love and blessings of God. At least that's what they deserved. But it wasn't just the people around him. Simeon himself was looking forward to that consolation because Simeon knew that he too was a sinner and needed to be restored again to God. And so he is anxiously waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. And then something very special happens. We continue. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Wow, can you imagine getting a promise like that from God? This promise that had been around for thousands of years that the people were waiting to be fulfilled, that a Savior would finally come, and now he would be privileged to see that Savior with his own eyes. Here's what Luke is really telling us about Simeon. In his life, he was living with expectancy. He was waiting for God's promises to be fulfilled. And then he had revealed to him that very special promise, that he himself would see the Christ. You can imagine just the, ex- the, the excitement that must have been in his heart to know that he would actually see this promise fulfilled in his lifetime. And then, to actually have it happen, that expectancy was turned into assurance. He walks into the temple that day and meets the Holy Family now, maybe it was when he heard the child's name, Jesus, which means the Lord's salvation, that he knew that this was his Savior. Imagine what he must have been experiencing. Here's a guy who always believed the promise of God, that God held him in the palm of his hand, and now he is privileged to hold God in his arms. Here is a guy who knew that the God was... Almighty, over all creation. And now he's here in a tiny, frail baby. There's a change that takes place in Simeon. The expectancy, the excitement is now changed to assurance. This has happened. This is true. This is real. And he breaks forth then in this song of joy. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. We'll look a little more closely at those words in a few minutes, but you can hear the the joy and the assurance that's just radiating out from this man's heart. Christmas changes people. Taking our expectations and giving us assurance. Let's look at the other person Luke talks about, Anna. Let's hear her background. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Now imagine what her life must have been like. She was a widow in Israel. She didn't have a husband she could depend on to take care of her needs. There wasn't a social security check that came from the government. There wasn't some death benefit from a life insurance policy that she was living off of. She had nothing except the Lord. She was living a life of dependency, dependency. She knew she was taken care of. Her dependency was on her Lord. That's why she would go to the temple every day and worship there with fasting and praying. Fasting was the the physical act of of depriving yourself of, of food or drink for a period of time as a way of expressing your dependency that God would meet your needs. Praying, of course, is the verbal way that we ask for God to take care of our needs. But Anna saw beyond her physical needs, just like Simeon. Because she, like her neighbors, were all waiting for the redemption of Israel, we're told. That is, she knew that a ransom needed to be made, that a life had to be given to buy them back from sin and death. And now, she is there in the temple And the Holy Family comes in, and she sees the Christ child and believes it's her Savior. Her dependency is now changed to appreciation. She realizes that, once again, the Lord has met her need. He has provided that Savior, that ransom, the redemption price that was needed for her and all people. And so her requests of dependency turn into statements of thanks. To a God who is gracious to meet her needs. Christmas changes people. I find it kind of interesting that Luke focused on those two people and and how different their lives are from perhaps the other people that were around that day. In fact, different from people of our culture and day, maybe even different than us. Here are two people who were very spiritual expressing their assurance and their thankfulness for a savior that's all they wanted let me ask you a question were your expectations for Christmas met this year did you spend Christmas with the people you wanted to spend it with did you have good times as you were hoping to have Did you have the special kind of treats you always enjoy? Did you get the gifts that you wanted? How about this? Were your spiritual expectations met? If you saw Jesus with the eyes of faith, and if you held him in your heart, then you got what you needed. Forgiveness, life, peace, hope, and joy these are blessings that continue you know all the christmas celebrations now are starting to wind down all the goodies are are gone (laughs) and all the decorations soon will be packed up and put away but these blessings don't go away they continue on so as your christmas celebration is winding down Don't lose the joy, the peace, the hope, the life you know that you have because of the Christ child. It continues. Now, Simeon and Anna had expectations of God and a dependency upon God. They would go to the temple regularly because that's where they would meet with God. And that's where we meet him, too, We meet Jesus in his temple, in his word. There he comes to us and renews again those blessings for us. So come, come to the temple often, come to his word often with hearts that are open, with hearts that trust him, with hearts that just want to hold him and have these blessings. Simeon and Anna no doubt had a number of physical needs, given their age and conditions of the society. But they weren't complaining because they knew everything was met by their Lord. They were near the end of their life. But they weren't fearful because they knew they had a Savior who had prepared the way for them into eternal life. You and I, we've got that same Lord and Savior. So we can live with a life of confidence and peace and joy. That's our story. That's the change God has made inside of us. And now we, like Anna and Simeon, can show that change on the outside. That is, we have a spectacular exclamation to make about Christmas and about our Savior. Let's see how Anna and Simeon did it. First of all, with praise. When Simeon saw the child Jesus, he broke forth in that song. He said, Lord, now I'm ready to depart in peace just as you have promised. He praised God for the fact that he had kept his promises in sending a Savior and indeed had the assurance of eternal life in that Savior. You know, God keeps every promise that he makes. Jesus is the proof and the guarantee of that for us. He promised a Savior, God sent a Savior. And so it is, just as the scriptures say, every promise of God is yes in Christ. We have reasons to praise God because of the promises that he keeps toward us. We can praise God for the salvation that he's prepared Simeon thanked God that he prepared that salvation before the eyes of all people. Would you just think for a minute what it would be like if God said to us, look, you've got to get yourself out of this mess that you made. I hope you find a way that satisfies me, and I hope you make it. Go ahead. <laughs> what a terrible predicament we would be in. What would we do? Well, oh, we try all sorts of things, but we wouldn't make it. Thank God that he had prepared it all In Jesus came here to live like us under God's law to provide for us a perfect obedience or righteousness that's ours simply through faith in him thank God then that Jesus took upon himself the guilt and the punishment of our sins so that we're guilt free and will never face that punishment from God thank God that he completed that salvation by rising from the dead to give us the assurance that it is complete and that he has conquered death and we too will live like him. Thank God for that salvation we have. Thank God that he's revealed that salvation to us. Imagine what it would be like if, if God had finished all that salvation and then said, well, I took care of it for you, but you've got to figure out what it is. We wouldn't know. Because of our spiritual ignorance and unbelief, we would continue to stumble about in darkness of unbelief. But God in his grace revealed that baby as our Savior and put in us a trust in him for our salvation. It's just as Simeon said, he is a light to the Gentiles and the glory of the people Israel. We have reason to praise God for what he has done for us and continues to do in Jesus. Now, Simeon did a little more. After his song of praise, he went into a private conversation with Mary, in which he made a very bold and promising proclamation. Let's listen to his conversation. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, "'This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed.' and a sword will pierce your own soul, too. He was making a proclamation about the work and life and death of Jesus. He noted how that would bring a change to people. For those who trusted in his message and in his life, death, and resurrection, they would be saved. But for some who would reject that message... It would bring judgment into their lives. Simeon's message is clear. Jesus is the Savior of all. You need to believe that and be saved. He was proclaiming the gospel, and that's the message God has given us to proclaim too. That's the only message that saves. We must be faithful to it. We must preserve it, and we must proclaim it. That's how we show the change That's happened inside here, on the out. Anna also demonstrates for us how we show that Christmas changes our lives. She did it simply by passing on the message. We're told that Anna, after she had seen the Christ child, spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. That word in the Greek, she spoke about it, could actually be translated, she began to speak and kept on speaking about it. I can just see little old Anna in the back entryway of the church or the temple out there. I saw the baby. Did you see the baby? Oh, it's a cute little baby, but you know who that baby is? That baby is Jesus. That's the Lord's salvation. That's our Savior. I can see Anna walking down the street of Jerusalem to go market to the market to buy her daily bread, telling people, did you see the baby? I saw the baby. It was the cutest little baby. It was the baby Jesus, the Lord's salvation. The Savior has come. She was telling everybody about that. She couldn't stop. You know why? Because that message is too good not to share. That's what happens when Christmas changes you on the inside. It's going to show on the outside. Christmas changes people. It brings us life. It brings us peace hope, and joy. It definitely is too good to keep to ourselves. But while the celebration may be ending, please take note of this. The exclamation must be kept alive through praise. I know you haven't gotten to the back part of the bulletin yet because the message hasn't been that long for you to be reading through it all. But on the last page, there are the statistics there from this past week. Do you see that over 800 people were here on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to celebrate the birth of Jesus? Do you think there'll be 800 people here this weekend? I can tell you there haven't been. Will there be 800 people here in the next weekends? I can tell you there probably won't be. Why? The blessings of God haven't stopped. You look at those great changes that have taken place inside of us through Christmas And add to that all the other blessings that God gives us. We have every reason to be regular in our praise of Jesus. The celebration may be done, but the exclamation must be kept alive. Simeon also reminds us about proclaiming that message. That it's through Jesus. Jesus and only Jesus that we are saved. That's a message that everyone needs to hear. You know, it's, it's such a joy to serve in this congregation because you, we all work so well together and so energetically to share the gospel with one another and with our community. And I know that sometimes we get really, really busy and sometimes worn out and we need little breaks. But we always come back together and get going and keep doing more. Let's keep that same spirit alive because the celebration may be done, but the exclamation must be kept alive. And finally, realize what a personal responsibility we have to take what God has given us, which is also for others, and to pass it on, to tell family and friends and co-workers and neighbors this is their Savior. Savior. The Christmas celebration may be done, but the exclamation must be kept alive. Simple reason why. Christmas isn't over. You can pack up what you want, you can turn the page of a calendar, but the blessings continue, and the message is ours to share. Amen.